Jumbo Ekabo. Welcome to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This podcast was created to be what the next immigrant needs to thrive and what we need as an immigrant community. In this podcast, we talk about attaining financial independence, living full lives in the new countries we call home, and we'll do all that while talking about topics that pertain to the immigrant community all over the world. We'll do that with grace, with truth, with love, and yes, with great background music. So please, dance into every podcast episode with me. I'm Diola Teru, and I'm your host. Welcome. Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Rich Immigrant Podcast. I'm Diola Teru, and this is episode 33, and we are at the end of season three, we've got one more short episode coming up, uh, but we are at the end of season three. And and first, I just want to, I just want to welcome new listeners and old listeners. Whether you're new here, whether you're an OG, welcome. Thank you for hanging with me. It's a party of one. Um, we're not a party of one. It's party of all of us. But I'm here in my living room. Um, recording this at 6.45 in the morning before I before I get to work at 7.30. Um, but this community is growing and I'm so thankful. I want to specifically shout out people that have listened in the past few days from the Bigger Pockets interview that I did that went live this week. Um, thank you for listening to the interview and then for deciding that my journey or my story or my platform was one that resonates with you and that you want to you know follow along on. So thank you for for your follow. I don't take I don't take any single person for granted whether we're at 1500 2283 every single person is important and I know that you are on your own journey and I hope that my journey and what I share on this platform encourages you. I hope that it meets you where you are and I hope that you you feel like you are in community with other people that are like-hearted and like-minded and working towards we may have different goals um, but we're working towards similar things when it comes to paying off your debt um, investing, financial independence. And so if you haven't, catch up on the past seasons, catch up on past episodes, love to, to get your feedback on, on what you're hearing. Um, but let's go into the meat of today's episode. Um, I want to talk about how to build wealth on a low to moderate income. And, and I, I've been wanting to talk about this topic because I know that when I first started investing, I always assumed that investing was for the rich or for people that made six-figure incomes. And the fact is, many of us don't make six-figure incomes. And can we invest? And I'll tell you that, you know, my net worth grew to six figures without a six-figure income, right? And so I was, I was, I was still making between fifty, seventy, seventy-five thousand dollars a year which is a good income for a single person when I hit my first six-figure net worth. And so, and that's for me that I didn't necessarily start as early as I could or should have. I didn't really know about investing. I, didn't, I wasn't really gung-ho on fire at the time. I just started by doing the basics. And so I think sometimes I feel like we have to go, you know, you know 10,000 miles in order to get somewhere. And I'm actually, we can actually build some core foundational um, 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 pieces into our financial journey or financial habits that will really set us up for success. And the biggest thing here is that you can start where you are with what you have. And so most people know that they should be saving for retirement or saving for the future, but it's often difficult um, to do that because the retirement seems so far ahead. You know, it can 
you know, traditional retirement is at the age of what, 65, depending on what country you're in. Um, and, and so it seems so far away that um, people might feel like it's, it's, it's difficult to, to give up, um, you know, to, to work on something that's so far away. But also, if there are, you know, things that are seemingly more immediate needs, you know, people may want to focus on what the immediate things are as opposed to thinking long term. But how I think about it is, you know, first of all, I want to retire early. But even if I didn't, if I was going towards a traditional retirement, I want my future self to be in a good place. You know, I want I want my today self as well to be in a good place, but I also want my future self um, to be set up okay. You know, I know that from my own lived experience that if someone had told me that setting aside $50 a month, even at the time where I was interning and maybe having a bit more money in college, you know, that would have made a difference and I would have looked into it, but nobody in my world was talking about those things. And so many low to moderate income families will not invest or do not start investing because they don't think they have enough money to even have a skin in the game. And the purpose of today's episode is to say, no, you can start. You can start. And I was looking up definitions of low to moderate income, and it differs by state, by country. So I wouldn't put dollar amounts on that, but I would say, you know, um, you know whether you're a moderate family, in, in, your, your moderate income family, low income. Um, but I'll talk about, you know, what options there are for you um, based on whatever it is that you have to put away. At the foundation, though, number one, it starts with a good budget, right? Um, and so a budget is really telling your money where to go. And I know even some of my friends, you know, the word budgeting sounds restrictive to them. And for me, I had to reshape how I think about budgeting. You know, I, my budget is, is fits into the life that I'm, that I want to live, right? Both today and in the future, it fits into the things that I say are important to me, right? It starts with a budget because if you don't have a good budget, then if you're not telling your money where to go and your money is just kind of doing its own thing, then you, it, it might be hard for you to kind of find or even know if you have money that you can put aside for investing. So, for example, you know, when I started paying off my debt, you know, while I put money aside for a little bit of fun, you know, I was putting more towards debt payment. And then I was also investing in my 401k to a certain extent. And so I think, you know, as you walk through your budget and to see whether or not you have money to invest, you, if you're paying off debt, you may not have as much to invest as you will down the line, but you may be able to find little pockets here that you can allocate, you know, to invest in for your retirement, for your future. And so the first fundamental is starting with a good budget. And um, if you're looking for details on how to make sure you have a good budget, I have a good blog post for just budgeting one-on-one, how to make sure you have the right things. Because one of the first mistakes I made initially when I started budgeting was um, I was being a little ambitious with my budget saying, oh, this thing is only going to cost me $100 when, well, really groceries are going to be $150 for the month. Um, and just making sure you have all the right categories considered into your budget. So there's a link in the, in the, in the show notes to a blog post I wrote to help you start on your budgeting journey. The second thing is, you know, getting an employer match. And so an employer match, whether you are, whether, you're, whether your employer has a pension, a 401k, 4403 b a 457, all those plans are employer um, employer-based retirement plans, right? The name might be different, but it's the same thing at the core of what it is. 
And what the match is, is so for example, a company will say, we will match 50% of your contributions up to 6% of your salary. And that can be hard to understand, but let's say I make, you know, $50,000 a year, right? Um, and um, 6% of that is $3,000, right? And so let's say I make $3,000, I mean, 6% is 3,000 of that. When my employer says they'll match 50% up to 6%, it means that they will match um, half of that $3,000, 50% of that $3,000, which is 6% of my salary. And so they'll give me 1,500. But in order for me to get that 1,500, I have to contribute 6%, right? An employer might say we'll match dollar for dollar up to 6%. That means they will match not 50% of my 3,000, they'll match the full $3,000. And in that case, I will make sure I contribute so I can at least get that free money. Because if my, if my company is giving me 50% of what I put, that's already a 50% return on my investment before I even put the money in the market. And 50% returns are hard to find, really, really, really hard to find, like bottom line, close to impossible. Um, and so if you're on a low income and you can, you have an employer that offers a match, please, please donate. I mean, not donate. It's not a donation. <laughs> Contribute what you can to get that employer match and guarantee that return. And in my opinion, even if you're paying off debt, you should still put away enough to get the employer match because that 50% um, return, that's hard to beat. That's impossible to beat. Now, what happens if your employer does not offer a 401k or does not offer, or they may offer a 401k, but they do not offer a match? In my opinion, in that instance, if there is no match, I would not prioritize putting money in my company-driven sponsored retirement plan. I would go through, you know, my next option and do an IRA, right? And so an IRA, I guess an IRA is a, um, you know, individual retirement account, and that's one that you it's self-directed. And so, so long as you're earning money, you know, I mean, IRA is the U.S. equivalent of a U.K. ISA, right? And no, I know in Canada there's a Canadian version too, but it's really one that's employee, I mean, individually directed. So long as you have earned income, you can put money aside towards your retirement. And the limit, you know, in, in 2021 for in the U.S. for that is, you know, $6,000. And so $6,000 is $500 a month. And I will tell you this, you don't have to max out your IRA if you can't afford to. I started my IRA with $50 a month and I made it an automatic withdrawal. And every month they would take $50 a month from my IRA. And I started that when I was paying off my debt, right? And so I got... I got in a little bit of a, a raise, and so I decided, oh, I'll just take my raise and put it into a portion of my raise and put some towards debt payoff and put the other towards my IRA after I had already put 6% to my 401k. So I started my IRA with $50 a month, and then I, as I, every year as I got, as I paid off my debt, I increased it, and then I started maxing up my IRA. So again, I really have been on the journey of starting where I was with what I had and just got better as I had more resources to do so. And now I look back and see how my 401k has grown and my IRA has grown. It really is the power of compounding and compounding is things growing and things multiplying over time. Um, because if you're waiting to invest 
um, when you have more money, you will have given up time in the market and time in the market is the biggest game changer. Next, I want to talk about, you know, taking advantage of tax breaks or tax advantage accounts. And some of the accounts that I've talked about are tax advantage accounts. And so, for example, in the USA, you can put 19500 a year into your 401k, right? And you can put 6000 a year into your IRA. And those two accounts are tax advantage accounts. And, you know, the ISA is that in the UK and the RRSP and the CFSP in Canada. And so how, how are they tax advantage accounts, right? So you can decide what type of 401k you want, whether a traditional or a Roth 401k. Same for the IRA, a traditional or a Roth IRA. And I'll share the tax advantages of both. And I'll talk about why sometimes they might, people might go with one or the other based on their situation. And so the Roth IRA is one where you pay taxes now. And then when your money grows in your retirement, when you take it out, you don't owe anybody any taxes. Um, and so the advantage of that is you pay no taxes in the future. And, and people will recommend doing an IRA now if you believe that you're in a lower tax bracket now and there'll be higher taxes at the time you retire. And why is that? Is because over the history of time, taxes have generally gone up and not gone down. Unless you have reason to believe that your income would decrease as you get to retirement, such that you'd be in lower tax bracket than you are now, then it might make sense to not do the Roth IRA. I do a Roth IRA because I don't want to pay taxes later if I can't avoid it. However, I'll talk about the other option, the traditional IRA. And sometimes that's a good option for low to middle income um, folks. So traditional 401k or traditional IRA is one where, you know, you don't, you don't pay tax now. You reduce your tax liability. The amount you put towards your retirement account is not taxed, right? And so let's say you're in the 15% tax bracket, right? And you put $3,000 into your um, 401k or $3,000 towards your IRA. So when you're doing your taxes, that $3,000 will be marked and taken away from your taxable income. You will not be taxed on that $3,000, However, now you put that $3,000 into the market, it grows into whatever it'll grow to in 30 years, 20 years, 40 years when you retire. When you take it out, you will be paying taxes on that. And so the benefit of going traditional now is that, you know, if you have a lot of bills, you're a young family, you're, you know, with middle income, you would rather have more cash now. Because you don't get taxed today, you will have your take home pay will be higher. And so if it matters to you to bring more cash home now, then you might want to do a traditional IRA or 401k. And I know people that do a combination of both. They open both a traditional and a Roth, and they split their money into both of those buckets. You know, for me, I say you can't go wrong with anyone. Pick one and go with it. However, if you want more cash today, go with traditional. If you don't want to pay taxes on the growth in the future, on your earnings in the future, go with your Roth option for both your 401k and or your IRA. So we've talked about budgeting. We've talked about getting your employer match. We talked about opening an IRA if you don't have an employer match. We've talked about taking a, what it means to take advantage of those tax advantage accounts, right? 
So I want to contract a tax advantage account to, for example, what you call a brokerage account. So many accounts that you might open on Robinhood or some of these apps might just be brokerage accounts. And those accounts offer no tax benefits to you. And so my personal view, you know, and this is not financial advice because I'm not a financial advisor, so don't sue me. My personal view is take care of your tax advantage accounts first before you focus on your brokerage account. And the last thing I want to, the last point I want to just talk about before we wrap up this episode is, you know, if you're trying to invest and build wealth on a low to moderate income, I would say take advantage of any government perks wherever you live. And so I'll give an example, some examples of some in the U.S. and some in the U.K. that I'm aware of. I know a lot of my listeners, 50% of my listeners are in the U.S. and then some are based in the U.K. So, for example, if you contribute to um, your 401k or your IRA while earning less than, I think it's about 31000 as a single person or 62000 or so as a couple in the U.S., you may qualify for the savers credit. The savers credit is a tax credit. Um, it's worth between 10 and 50% of your retirement account contributions. Um, the maximum for a single person is $2,000 of a tax credit. And for a family or for couples is $4,000. And so there are specific eligibility rules. So I would say, you know, Google savers tax credits and see if you qualify based on your income levels, right? Um, you know, students cannot qualify or people that are dependent on another person's tax return would not qualify. So it's income driven. Um, it's a ta- they will, the government is not, it's not, it's better than, you know, reducing your taxable income because they will actually, this totally, you will get a lower tax bill um, based on this. It's a tax credit um, that will, you'll get on your tax when you file your tax return. And so, you know, you can say, you might be thinking, you know, 31, man, as a single person, that's a low income. Yes, it is. Um, and I know that. But depending on where you, where, what your situation is, you know, the question is, can someone on 31,000 or a family on 60,000 find money to invest? And the answer is possibly, right? So, for example, if you're, um, if you're living with your parents, right, but they don't file you as a dependent on taxes, and you, you, you have, you know, you make, you make $30,000, so you don't have that housing bill, which is usually a pretty big bill for most of us, then maybe you can find $50 to $100 in your budget each month to invest towards your retirement. And if you do that each month, you pretty much will get a good chunk of that money back when you go ahead and file your taxes. So it might really be a short-term thing, you know, throughout the year, and then you get the money back as a tax credit. So I wanted to share that because, you know, many people may not know that that option does exist. So I would say, for example, during the year I was working in a factory where I wasn't a student, I could have maybe tried to put 50 a month in my IRA, but I had no idea that the savers tax credit existed. There's another tax break in the UK that I think is really awesome. It is called the Lifetime ISA. ISA is I-S-A. And so this type of ISA has been available since April 2017 and is designed to help people aged between 18 and 40 save up for either their first home or retirement. So I will say if when my niece turns 18 in the UK, I have a niece that lives in London, she will be opening a lifetime ISA. <laughs> um, and um, so what the government does is the government gives you a bonus worth 25% of what you put in. And so, for example, you can put the maximum is £4,000 a year into your ISA, and then the government will give you a bonus of 25%, so $1,000. 
So it's essentially a 25% match. And you can use it to buy a, to buy a home down the line anywhere in the country in the United Kingdom. Um, the bonus is paid every month and funds are available, you know, you know, uh, they should be available for you to, in, you can take that money and then, you know, further invest it, right? Um, of course, when you're over, over a certain age, once you're over 40, you can no longer put money into it, but of course you can keep your money there and then take it out, um, whenever, whenever you want. So when I heard about the lifetime I signed the UK, I thought it was a, it's an amazing opportunity and there are no income limits to who can put money in the lifetime ISA as far as I know. I wish the U.S. had something like this to encourage younger people to save for retirement early. Um, and so if you're based in the U.K., please, please, please get your lifetime ISA today. And so those are the main things I wanted to talk through on this episode of the podcast. I wanted to just show that whether you are um, you know, starting on your financial journey, even if you are low to moderate income, you know, if you can set aside fifty to hundred dollars each month, you can start to save for retirement. You can use your employer plan, or you can open your own plan, such as an IRA or an ISA or a TFSA if you if you live in Canada. Um, and and really start with there are many brokerage companies that um, are no fee, right? I uh, say so make sure you look at the minimum and all that stuff. But there are many no fee brokerages. So the big ones in the U.S. are maybe I'll do an Instagram post on this as well. Vanguard, Charles Schwab, Fidelity is what I use. Fidelity, I'm um, Tiro Price. I ha- actually have my 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 IRA at Tiro Price because at the time, you know, I think Vanguard had like a three thousand dollar minimum, and I did not have three thousand. But Tiro Price allowed me to open one if I did an automatic investment of fifty dollars a month. Um, right now, do I do I recommend Tiro Price? Not really because I've had some little issues with them and their back end systems and stuff. Um, but I would say Fidelity, um, Vanguard, Charles Schwab, you know, TD Ameritrade, all of those, all of those brokerage firms, you know, I've, I've heard good things about them from a, you know, from a, from a customer standpoint, again, not sponsored at all. Um, so I hope that this gives you something to at least start thinking about what you can do today to invest, you know, I'll tell you that I started with $50 a month and I started with 6% of my salary. And then, you know, I worked for five years, six years, and, I, and, I, and then I moved to the U.S. and in, moved out of the U.S. to the U.K. for work. And in those years, I could not contribute to retirement, but I came back and I had a six-figure portfolio. Um, and so the choices you make today, and I think I'll talk about that in a future episode in the next season on just my FIRE journey and why I'm really conscious about the choices I'm making today. Because while I really wasn't deep into FIRE, I, I mean, I knew the life I wanted to live, but I wasn't really all about FIRE at the time. I was making choices 10 years ago that allowed me to be able to take a job assignment with a pay cut and move to the UK. And I'm still okay, you know? And so I want to build wealth, but I also want to be able to make certain choices in my life that give me the flexibility to build the life around the things that are important to me. Um, and so I'll delve into this and it's a more personal topic um, next season. And I'll talk about, you know, just my fire journey, how I got to want to be financially independent before even knowing what the fire movement was. Um, so I'll share about that in the, in the next season. I'll find an episode, a solo episode next season where I'll talk about that. Um, but on that note, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rich Immigrant Podcast. If you haven't, please subscribe to the podcast. Give me a review if, you, if you've enjoyed what you've listened to or the podcast you've listened to so far. Um, catch up on the other 32 episodes of the podcast. Um, now that the podcast is in the
um, and I invite you to dig deeper. Of course, I'm doing reels because that's a fun way to interact. I enjoy dancing. Um, and so thank you so much for listening. I want to hear from you. Please send me a DM. Send me an email. Hello at the regimebrand.com. I would love to hear your journey. I'd love to hear how you found um, this uh, this podcast and what struck you to decide to you know give it a follow. Um, one more snippet of an episode coming for this season, a light episode introducing something I've talked about where I'll be kind of putting pen to paper on just my journey on thriving and living abroad, having lived on lived and worked on four continents and having visited six of the seven continents. So blessed to be able to do that. Was not raised in a family where we did that. Um, and, and, you know, I exist and anything I share publicly is to just show what is possible and to show that, you know, if I can do something of these things, um, I hope that you are inspired to dream and to reach for things that maybe you previously thought were, were out of your reach. So thank you so much for listening. So glad to have you and um, I'll see you soon. Take care. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Rich Immigrant Podcast. Before you go, I'd like you to know that there will always be room for you at this table. And as I wrap this up, I'd like to ask for your help with a few things to help support and amplify the message of the podcast. First, please subscribe. Click the subscribe button and that way you're notified of new episodes. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, please write and review the podcast. That way you're signaling to Apple that the content here is, you know what? Popping! And you amplify our message to other potential listeners. And last but not least, please follow us at Instagram at The Rich Immigrant. And as we go out into the world, I hope that you're encouraged to show up and live fully in whatever country you've chosen to call home. Ciao, bye, odabo. See you next time.